0: Welcome back to Beyond Strength and Endurance Training Talk. I'm the head coach of BSE, Kyle Holman. The things that nobody wants to do. Um, I've read a lot of, a lot of books, uh, whether it be for you know strength and fitness, nutrition, business, finance, things like that. The thing that I found that is an uh, I guess an overwhelming common theme uh, with a lot of successful people in these areas. It's it's not some you know secret pill or some secret plan or, or thing like that that uh, everybody would like to think that's out there. It is finding a a system, a plan, a progression that allows these people to perform the basics at an extremely high level consistently over time that's a hard thing to realize. Sometimes I know we're in an instant gratification society where we all want things to happen immediately. But, um, you know, I've mentioned in other episodes, if it were that easy to achieve all these things, then, you know, everybody would be exactly where they would want to be. Um, and the other side of it, in my personal opinion, that it wouldn't even be that cool of a thing or a huge thing to celebrate anymore. If we didn't really didn't have to do much, uh, put in much work or sacrifice much to achieve these things. What goals are you setting for yourself that are long-term, that are 3, six, nine, 12 months down the road, and just putting your head down and putting in all the work consistently day in and day out to achieve those things? So we're going to dive into several different areas of this and some things that you know, I've found over time, especially in strength and fitness, that if you do these little things consistently over time, uh, they will pay huge dividends so let's dive into it accessory work when it comes to strength training you know look i 100% get it we we all want to do the big lifts um more often than not we want to just put a bar on the back and and squat or front squat or deadlift or bench press and just do that main lift um you know early on in strength training you, you are going to make a lot of gains by just doing uh, the main lift i mean uh, there's obviously the technical aspect of it, uh, learning how to lift heavy, um, and and putting in that consistent work over time. Even at that beginner level, uh, accessory work will help, but especially as your max increases relative to your body weight, there's going to have to be some extra work that is put in beyond the main lift to really uh, consistently continue to make gains. So, Think about all these accessory lifts and there are several different areas that will benefit you. One, um, dumbbell work. Um, so, you know, you can do very similar movements to the main lift, uh, with dumbbells and that's going to provide a different stimulus along with dumbbell kettlebells, uh, is unilateral. So, you know, something like a back squat would be bilateral or both, you know, legs working at the same time. Unilateral is single leg um, and or single arm work. Uh, to do that. So um, it doesn't mean you have to stop doing the main lift. You can definitely, um, if you're really looking to push, you know, your strength gains, you can do the main lift. And then after that, uh, do these auxiliary or accessory movements. But also you can have full training cycles where you get away from the main lift for for four weeks, but are still putting in all the accessory work uh, to continue to improve that lift. So, um, you know, when it comes to upper body, there's so much you can do with, you know, dumbbell strict press, push press, um, you can get into, you know, dumbbell, um, floor press, bench press, single arm, double arm, uh, things of that nature, um, get it into your lower body, anything with lunges, step-ups, um, not only straight ahead or linear lunges, but lateral lunges. Um, what can you do for your glutes and hamstrings in the, in the realm of, you know, good mornings, RDLs, um, things like that. So look at those auxiliary movements um, and especially weighted core movements and a lot of core movements i mean really you can never do enough core training but uh, remember that not only do we need to do uh, linear front to back but side to side rotational um, and also strengthening your lower back so um, good categories to kind of put these in if you think about uh, vertical presses and horizontal presses and i would literally just make a list of every movement you can think of and if you don't know very many then then research it. Um, but all your vertical press is going to be basically anything overhead. Um, all those horizontal presses is basically going to be, you know, laying on your back and, and pressing up. And then when pulling, same thing, vertical pulls and horizontal pulls. Um, single arm movements. So I would write down, uh, kind of make a, um, you know, exercise library, if you will, of all these movements. And these are the things to start implementing, Uh, as well. And once again, we're talking about the things that nobody wants to do. Like I said, the big lifts are fun and a lot of people do those. But uh, if you start adding in a lot of this auxiliary accessory work, you are going to make gains uh, much more consistently and honestly at a a higher rate than those just doing uh, the main lifts. So um, it might not always be the sexiest thing, uh, but I promise you if you implement a lot of these, uh, it will pay, pay off huge when it comes to your strength training don't underestimate the power of an empty barbell. Uh mentioned a little bit in strength training. You no, know, we all want to do the main lifts. We want to do the full clean or, um, or jerk or snatch. Um, and once again, uh, definitely need to do that because there obviously is a uh, high learning curve when it comes to the uh, technical aspect of these lifts. So you obviously want to do the main lifts, but working on that technique, uh, nobody wants to grab an empty barbell. Um, and once again, I get it. It's, you know, uh, but we're talking about things that are the the small stuff, the mundane, uh, the things that nobody wants to do. And uh, early on in, in my Olympic lifting, uh, A, there was a big mobility aspect that I had to uh, improve, especially when it came to snatch. Um, so that is other work that a lot of people don't want to do. Um, but I took an empty barbell. And, um, I mean, I probably erred on the side of doing too many repetitions. But I would take an empty barbell and literally do 20 reps of each movement of – of high pulls, of, um, you know, hang power cleans, of muscle cleans, of muscle snatches, of uh, snatch balances, of overhead squats, of front squats, over and over and over again. Uh, these barbell complexes, if you will, with an empty barbell uh, can be great for a warm-up, even on days you're not doing um, Olympic lifts. You know, even if you're squatting, to do go through a, a barbell complex where you're doing high pulls and Uh, muscle or power cleans and front squats a that's going to give you a lot of repetitions to work on that technique Uh, but b it'll get you warmed up for that lift that you're about to do sometimes i hear people say like well you got to feel a little bit of weight on the bar to do things correctly and i'm sorry but i just don't buy into that um if you can't do the technique correctly with an empty barbell not a snowball's chance in hell you're going to do it when there's a heavy weight on the bar um, so repetition is how we learn everything. I mean, look, it's how we all learned how to tie our shoe. Um, you had to do it over and over and over again. Um, and now we're all to the point where we could sit here and have a conversation like this and be tying our shoe without even, uh, really paying attention to it in order to get things ingrained like that, especially in, uh, something that's very technically difficult, like these Olympic lifts, it's going to take a lot of repetition. Um, and like I said, just doing work with an empty barbell is, I get it. It's not super exciting, but if you keep that end goal in mind of what you're working towards and be willing to take the time to two or three times a week, get that empty barbell and, and just work those repetitions, it will pay off huge. And it's going to be a, a mental workout just as much as a physical one um, because you know the barbell overall isn't a very heavy object, but mentally we need to focus on every single rep and not just go through the motions of doing all these reps without paying attention to that kind of muscle mind connection um so get an empty barbell put in work with it uh the other thing is is percentage work when it comes to lifts i mentioned it before that a lot of high level lifters spend a good portion of their a- annual training uh and when you look at their entire year of of sets and reps and percentages in that 70 to 75% range and there's a reason for that it's a heavy enough weight uh that you really need to to focus and have it dialed in to complete the lift uh efficiently um but this is how you learn and how it's gonna carry over to a heavier weight. Uh to do repetition, repetition, repetition over and over and over again, uh, with that moderate to heavyish weight uh will pay off. It's a lot of people just want to walk in and and build to as heavy weight as possible, no matter what rep scheme they're doing, one, three, five, whatever. Um if you haven't worked with an empty barbell to really dial in that technique, then as soon as it gets heavy or you get fatigued, your your technique is going to start to get shitty. And so you need to have the patience to um, work in that moderate range in there, in that 70 to 75%. Um, and no, it's not going to be ridiculously heavy. And you got to take rest in between sets. Um, but I promise you it will pay off. And like I said, these are the things that nobody wants to do. Uh, so many people just want to walk in, um, just climb and wait on whatever they're doing uh, from a clean or a snatch standpoint. And I've said it before that if you're always... Just going as heavy as you possibly can every time you do those lifts. Don't tell anyone that you're working on your technique because you're not. And don't get frustrated when your max doesn't go up or you hit a hard wall. Uh, these are the small stuff, the little things, the mundane that not a lot of people do. But I promise you if you put in the work over time, and like I said, this is 3, six, nine, 12 months. This isn't put in work for a week with an empty barbell and then be like, okay, it needs to immediately pay off. Delayed gratification is a thing. Um, and it will pay huge dividends if you fully buy into it and just put your head down and put in the work. Patience when building your skills. So these are those, you know, gymnastic movements, pull-ups, handstand push-ups, pistols. Um, I would even put double unders in the skill uh, section here. First and foremost, people don't do enough strength training when it comes to their skills. They they just want to, you know, hop on the bar and and work on muscle-ups or pull-ups or whatever. And Definitely a time and place for that. But A, if you don't have the strength to do the movement, it doesn't matter what drill you do, you you won't get it because you're just not strong enough. Um, and even after you've gotten your first rep or a handful of reps, strength training will never not benefit you. Uh, I mean, the, more, the stronger you become in your pulls, um, in your pulling movements, like those auxiliary movements that we've talked about and, and curls and stuff like that with your biceps or pullovers for your lats, the stronger those muscles become, I promise you, the amount of reps that you can do will go up. Um, so have the the patience to continue to do strength training to help build every single skill that you have. The other thing is that it's it's just like an Olympic lift. We do need to break up the movement sometimes and only focus on you know the high pole portion, or um, you know that portion coming off the ground to our to our knee when we're going in a full lift. Segmenting these lifts or these skills uh, rather to take the time to work on different portions of that movement with drills will pay over, pay huge dividends to the full movement. Um, I know with skills, I mean, the whole point we're trying to get skills is because, you know, I get it, the the Met Connor Wad becomes more fun, the more toes to bar I can string together, the more pull-ups I can string together. But if you're always just trying to, you know, quote unquote, work on your skills or get better at your skills in a, a water metcon where you now you're under high fatigue with heart rate, and muscle burn, and stuff like that. It's it's just like going heavy on a lift every time. You're not really you're not working on the skills anymore. That's trying to put them in play. What work are you doing with specific drills and strength training to continue to improve your skills? And then yes, periodically we obviously need to test those in workouts to see our improvement. Um, but I see it all the time. People just want to get up on the rig or. Man with double unders, people just continue whipping the shit out of themselves with the rope, um, just trying to do double unders. Um, you know, general plyometrics with that of uh, just working on being quicker off the ground on plate hops or even just line hops or broad jumps or tuck jumps or things like that. The more uh, athletic you are and the more agility you have, I promise you, your double unders will get better. Um, So think about what drills and or other movements you can implement that will carry over to your skills instead of always just doing the skill in and of itself. Uh, Just like we talked in strength training, there is a time and a place to do that main lift. And that's, you know, the big lift we're trying to push. But what other accessory or auxiliary work are you doing to complement and build that main lift? And skills um, are no different. Slow and steady. Uh, so when it comes to conditioning, uh, I think the majority of people, uh, especially in CrossFit, uh, usually don't come from a distance background. There are some, and I'll talk about that more in a minute. But a lot of times in CrossFit, you can just get accustomed to the, you know, shorter duration, higher intensity workouts. Um, and I mean, you know, from an aspect of working on true endurance, that sometimes it's tough to fit into a, a class setting. But I think for some extra work, you know, accumulating time out on the roads or on the rower or on the ski or on the bike, getting into that 10, 20 plus time frame um, and just a steady state and just building that cardiovascular endurance Um, that helps so many things Um, i mean it will help uh, your ability um, you know in workouts that are longer obviously with endurance but also it helps flush things out quickly uh, in high intensity or interval type training so um, that long slow distance type stuff i think um, you know It's not the most fun thing, like I said, unless you come from that. But for a lot of us, um, you know, going out and going for a 20-minute run or row or things like that, that's uh, just tough to find. But I think that will definitely benefit you if you want, uh, if you get into doing those things. Now, uh, really it comes down to working, you know, out of your comfort zone, the the opposite ends of the extreme of what you're accustomed to. So if you're accustomed to that short duration, high intensity stuff, then working some time on that other end of the spectrum of longer, slower distance will benefit you. If you come from distance training of some kind of running, uh, biking or uh, triathlon or things like that, you're used to that long, slow distance. Now it is about getting to the other end of the spectrum and pushing the pace at a very high intensity. So um, really, the thing is here of the things that nobody wants to do is we all want to do things we're comfortable with. So if you're used to, you know, that shorter duration, high intensity, that's what you want to do. You really don't want to do the longer duration stuff. And for those on the other end of the spectrum, you like going out on long runs or bikes or whatever. But when it comes to really pushing that pace, that's something you're uncomfortable with. So really, when it comes to conditioning is working the opposite ends of the spectrum for you and things that you don't necessarily uh, enjoy the most, but finding some time to fit those in because it will uh, holistically benefit you in your fitness and your conditioning. Earn your cheap meals. So we're talking about nutrition here, obviously. And i said it before, anytime you're going to start whatever uh, nutrition plan, it doesn't matter what you're looking into, whether it's just you know, tracking macros or uh, doing any other kind of plan, I see it so many times that like one of the first questions that people ask before, if they're, if they're inquiring about some nutrition plan, like what about cheat meals? Like if your immediate mindset uh, is on when you get to deviate from your nutrition plan, then I'm sorry, but your mindset is already in the wrong place. Um, you got to earn those things and look, nobody wants to, you know, eat clean or stay 100% on their plan for 30 60 90 and beyond days before even thinking about a cheat meal but if if it were that easy if you could just eat whatever you wanted then this wouldn't even be a thing um you got to start by by tracking your macros and there's probably a decent amount of people that have done that but i've also seen people that you know you want to you want some you have some aesthetic goal or weight loss goal but you're you don't even want to track your macros well I mean, I'm sorry, but if you have no idea what you're putting in your body, then we can't make an adjustment from anything. I mean, people will ask, you know, what should I eat or how many you know, grams of carbs, protein, and fat? And yes, there is a recommendation for that. But most importantly, where are you currently at? Um, because, you know, protein is something I see a, a lot where sometimes when people are coming in and they start tracking for a week, there has been people that are only eating 60 to 80 grams of protein. So if you're a 150-pound individual, I'm always uh, like the the one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, But so if you're only eating 60 and I'm immediately telling you eat 150, that's a huge adjustment and that's not going to go well. So stair-step approach is going to work better than anything like this. If you want to work towards 150, that's great, but you have to know where you're starting from. Um, And it's not always protein. It could be carbs or fat. Um, Some things you might need to decrease. But once again, if you don't know where you're at, then it's tough to make a plan from there. Um, and having the patience instead of immediately trying to eat 150 grams of protein when you're only at 60, that's just not putting yourself in a a good situation to be successful. So can you stair-step approach that? Can you go, you know, hey, this next week, I'm going to try to make sure I get um, 80 grams of protein. And then, you know, a couple weeks after that, now I'm going to try to hit 100 grams and then 120 and then 140. That, yes, if you, if that was two weeks at a time, you're trying to do that, this could take three months before you actually get to that. But you're going to learn things along the way of how to make sure you're getting enough protein and your portion sizes and what other foods have protein in them. And it's the patience to take the time um, to build that up. So that's why it's so important. And then once again, meal prep. Like it's, you know, it, it takes adjusting your routine if that's something you're not doing. But if you're always going to eat out, um, it's going to be extremely challenging to to consistently hit those macros. Um, one, I mean, MyFitnessPal has... You know much more uh, restaurants than them now because it's been around for so long, but still there are still things that I've seen that they don't have it in there at a certain restaurant, and so now you're left to kind of ballpark it on your own, and especially earlier on when you don't know much, that's not gonna be very accurate um so people can easily get frustrated if what you're entering is not even accurate, and it's saying that you're around your macros, but in all reality, it was way over or way under well now you're saying something doesn't work when you actually don't know if it was working because it wasn't accurate. So um, once again, this is the small stuff. Um, look, life is always going to happen. I mean, if you're always like waiting for all your ducks to be in a row before you can start you know, eating the way you want, something's always going to come up. I mean, holidays is a big one, but it's somebody's birthday. Or if you're a sports person, there's tailgating to go to or uh, something happens on the weekend. I mean, it's, there's always going to be something. Uh, so if you're waiting for this period of time in your life where you're not going to have any outside distractions or any temptations or anything like that when it comes to your nutrition, like you're you're never going to get started. Um, so it, it comes down to planning ahead and tracking it and scanning all your food, entering it, looking at those serving sizes. Like that is how you are going to eventually figure out where you need to be. Uh, but if you're sitting here, getting annoyed or not wanting to track your macros or very easily fall off the wagon, like then it's, you know, your results are going to suffer from that. Um, So it's, it's, we're talking about here, the the stuff that no one wants to do and um, earn those cheat meals. I mean, the more consistently you eat well, and the longer you do that, then cheat meals will not affect you as much. Uh, I mean, I remember being in the corporate world and you know, we would achieve some sales goal. And so whatever, somebody brought in donuts. I mean, that's another thing. If you're in the corporate world, my gosh, there's always someone some occasion that somebody's bringing in food for. But when we get these celebrations, like, yeah, I would be like, okay, I'm going to eat some of these donuts, you know, celebrate with the team, be a part of the team. And uh, people would be like, oh, cheat meal, huh? Or, or my favorite thing was like, oh, must be nice. Like, what do you mean must be nice? Like I've put in a ton of work and ate consistently well over time So yes, eating these two donuts right now isn't going to make much of an effect on me, but I have earned that. And just like with anything we're talking about here, strength training, Olympic lifting, skills and nutrition, you earn everything you do. I mean, when it comes to training, the more training days and hours you put in, the higher your training age is. And then if you have like a vacation where you weren't able to work out very much, it won't affect you very much. But the more inconsistent you are with your nutrition, like we're talking about right now, if you only eat well for a week or two, and then you fall off the wagon for two or three weeks, you are just constantly starting over. And those cheat meals and weeks or days off where you're not hitting your macros or going way over or whatnot, they will affect you way more because you haven't earned it. You haven't put in the time uh, for that to affect you less. So um, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's really tough. And depending on your goals in life, aesthetically and performance, you know, that has you being more strict or less strict. Um, I am a big fan of the 80-20 rule of 80% of the time, you know, being right on point with your macros then 20% of the time, not purposely going off the deep end, but live your life, go to dinner, uh, eat a pizza with somebody. Um, I get it. But uh, that 80-20, once again, even if you started out with that, it would benefit you. But if you would eat more like 90-10 or even 100% on more weeks, and then go to eighty twenty i mean it's it's all gonna help um so these are the things that, like I said, nobody wants to do it's not it's not easy, uh but once again, if it was, then everybody would be walking around at the weight they want, or you know <laughs> look the way they want so um look at your nutrition. the starting point is always tracking. you can't make any adjustments if you have no idea what you're currently eating um so I would start there and then from there, how can you be consistent and even if you fall off one meal if something happened at your corporate lunch where the choices were terrible, but you had to eat food, Uh, great. But that doesn't mean you need to scrap the rest of the day or the rest of the week now. Uh, I mean, I'll see it. It'll be like Tuesday and someone will eat a a pizza for dinner because of whatever reason they're like, Oh, well, I'll just get back on it next Monday. Well, you're just throwing in the towel in the whole week. That's, that's definitely going to affect your results. So uh, if you really want to get where you'd be, it's the little stuff, the mundane um, and being conscious of those and consistently hitting those things. Uh, is going to take you so much further.